Welcome to Get the Memo, the series with my co-host and friend, fashion designer, Lola Dominguez. In the series, Lola and I will be discussing various topics of the modeling and fashion industry, including our personal takes, experiences, as well as our own creative perspectives and approaches. In this episode, we dive into so much, including entrepreneurial relationships, our own experiences among entrepreneurship, visual expression, creative growth and strategy, the breakdown of building a versatile and powerful fashion brand, navigating the DNA of a brand, resilience, and so much more. So let's get the memo. I'm so jealous. I'm up in Boston and the East Coast is brutal during the winter months of December all through like February, March. So I'm hanging in there, but it's a bit annoying. I wish I was where the palm trees are, like where you're at. <laughs> I did see you got to like build a cute little snowman, though. We definitely couldn't do that here. I did. He was so cute. I named him Olaf from Frozen. <laughs> I'm a huge like Frozen girl over here. Um, that's so cute. Yeah. I have you ever built a snowman actually? No, I have never <gasps> been anywhere where there was enough snow for me to build a snow. Oh my gosh, that's like on your bucket list, I'm sure. Yeah, I can use that now for the next time I play Never Have I Ever. Never oh my god, never built, a <laughs> never built a snowman. Oh my gosh, that's so cool though. Yeah, seriously, you're gonna have to like experience that because I mean, it sounds so simple, but for someone who's never done it before, it's kind of cool. Yeah, absolutely. But it is nice and hot here just like these hot topics we're about to get into today yes the hot topics i'm actually really pumped for this episode i am too you know i actually really enjoy talking about entrepreneurship and the entrepreneurship journey i love every minute of this crazy ride and so this is just one thing that i think is something that just really lights me up to talk about yeah, same here. I mean, we're both entrepreneurs. We're both doing our thing, but we are both in the same industry. So we're basically working together, um, you know, just doing our own thing. I love that we can just bounce ideas off of each other just as entrepreneurs, but we can also bounce each other um, off as, as far as creative ideas as well. So I love that we can just kind of have that relationship and really just have like that bond as well, um, because it goes hand in hand. Yeah, like Nikki, I want you to tell me a little bit and like the listeners about kind of what your journey was like from model to entrepreneur. And I want to just kind of hear maybe what like sparked or propelled it, um, you know, in the first place, where did you like make that transition? And what was that like for you? Oh, my gosh, so this is a question I get all the time. <laughs> Constantly. Um, but you know, it's, it's interesting for me. I never really thought of myself as being an entrepreneur or being in the entrepreneurial field. Um, I always thought of myself as a creative. I've always thought of myself as an artist, but I never thought that I would ever be able to make money off or really make a living off my work as an artist or as a creative. So really what happened was, uh, this was back in 2019, I launched my digital design company, See Through Nikki, which has been such an, a beautiful experience. Um, you know, it was just such a, such a rush for me. I, I, again, I never thought I would ever be in this industry, let alone have an art company at only 20 years old. Um, cause I was only 20 years old. He was 20 years old when I started. Yeah. I was like, I was a baby yeah. practically. <laughs> um, it was wild. And so, yeah, so what happened was I just launched that and everything just kind of took off very quickly for me. So I guess you can say the entrepreneurial life kind of just like fell into my lap. Um, and so I just decided to take a, take advantage of it and, and take a hold of it and, you know, just pursue it professionally in the best way I could um, and in the best way I can. So channeling back to really why I transitioned from modeling to the entrepreneurial life was, um, again, it did happen like very like rapidly for me, but I think too, just like what I was saying in the previous episode, just never wanting to limit myself and always wanting my creative juices to be flowing in a way that was always productive, but also also multifaceted. Um, I love that world multi multifaceted. I think multifaceted is just like such an amazing word. Um, because it, it means so many things. And for me, that word really works itself into my life 
consistently, um, not only in like my personal life, but also my professional life as well. Um, and it's just been so beautiful, you know, really just growing. And throughout my entrepreneurial journey, after I launched my digital design company in 2019, I launched four more companies within a span of two years. Um, so it's just been kind of consistent for me. I've just kept going. It's been pretty fun, but it's also been a lot of hard work, as you know. <laughs> It's been a lot of hard work, but it's it's worth it. You know, I'm enjoying every minute of it, and I'm just so grateful and blessed to be able to do what I do every day and also, you know, make money from it. Yeah, and so you are a serial entrepreneur at that with four businesses. Tell me, like, how do you juggle four businesses, and how do you, um, you know, really go between all these different creative projects? Yeah, for sure. So when I launched my digital design company um, in 2019, that was my initial company. And then juggling four more on top of that, I mean, it was so crazy for me. And then on top of that, it was, I was, now I'm juggling two nonprofits. So I'm juggling so many things all at once. I think the biggest key to my life is giving myself breaks, giving myself the needed balance, but also not beating myself up for not getting everything done on my list because there is so much to get done. You know, we have oh, to give yeah. each other, you know what I mean? <laughs> you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I mean, we have to give each other patience. We have to give each other, you know, that room for growth, but also room to just relax and breathe and recoup and rejuvenate. Um, because when we're going, 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 you're just on this hamster wheel and it's like, you can't stop. And you're in this kind of like this, this zone of like, what, like what is going on? Like there's so much to do. And you can really get caught up in your own thoughts in a really negative way. Um, so really the way that I just kind of navigate that is, yeah, giving myself breaks, giving myself time and, um, you know, not, not being too hard on myself. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. I just resonate so much with you saying, giving yourself grace. I mean, yes. being an entrepreneur is wearing a lot of hats all the time. All the time. And it's your to-do list is never ending. Cause even when you cross one thing off, you get five or six more things. Yep. <laughs> and, um, and then it's just, you know, like this snowball effect of just constantly working on projects or having tasks and to-dos. And it can be a lot. Even when you have a team or you have support, um, you still have to be there for your team and support your team and make sure that things are moving along or, you know, um, supporting your team with the things that they need to get things moving along. So it is like a constant flow of to do's. <laughs> and oh, yeah. you have to sometimes um, just say, listen, today, I'm going to get done as much as I can get today. And everything else has to wait till tomorrow, because there's only so many hours in the day. And we still have to find time to shit, shower, and sleep. So yeah, um, it's one of those things where, like, I love that you mentioned um, giving yourself grace because I think that's just one of these things as, as an entrepreneur we have to do, even just as an individual, as a person. You know, there's a lot of things that we often have to juggle in our lives between, like, our spiritual health, mental health, physical health, careers, social lives, and just understanding that, you know, the to-dos will always be there. Just do the best you can. So, yes, so happy yeah. that you mentioned that. Tell me a little bit about your fashion business. Um, I know the listeners especially would love to hear it because we're fashion girlies here. We're all about the fashion industry. Tell me a little bit about your business, what it is, and what do you do? And what does your day-to-day -day look like when you're managing your fashion brand? Oh my gosh, I'm so happy you brought this up too, because um, I think many people just think, oh, you know, she's a model. No, I'm, a, I'm also a fashion designer too. I'm not as like iconic as you are. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but I'm getting there. I hope so someday I'll be, I'll be where you're at. Um, but yeah, I launched my, my uh, fashion company back in 2022. So it's roughly been about a little over a year back in October of 2022. Um, I really wanted to put a focus on sustainability um, within my launch um, and within my designs. I feel like sustainability is such a core principle, um, especially in today's fashion world. Um, but it should have been a core principle 20 years ago or 30 years ago. You know, unfortunately it wasn't. So right now I feel 
like as a fashion designer, I have to, um, you know, integrate that into my company and into my work and into my craft. Um, so Gal Intimates was such a cool project. I really was inspired by a lot of 90s themes and a lot of 90s aesthetics. Um, you know, very uh, kind of guest girl, I like to say, is what my main aesthetic is for my brand. I want a lot of just... Um, 90s, you know, influences, Kate Moss, Cindy Crawford, Claudia Schiffer, um, Shalom Harlow, a lot of the 90s vibes. And, you know, that was kind of what I wanted to channel within my brand. Um, and that was just kind of when it, it really, you know, branched off. Um, I launched a digital campaign. Um, well, actually, I, I launched a few digital campaigns, um, you know, in promotion for the brand back in 2022. And then when it launched, I launched another um, digital campaign showcasing I think like 40 different women of all shapes, sizes, body types, um, you know, race, you know, um, ethnicity, all of the above career um, showcasing them wearing my brand. And it was beautiful. You know, Gal Intimates is a um, lingerie brand. Um, you know, we specialize in sustainability within fashion as far as lingerie and intimate wear. Um, so, yeah, I, I think it was really important for me to, as an artist, to express myself in the most authentic way. And you can relate to this, too, as a fashion designer. As a fashion designer, you want to be able to connect with what people are wearing and what you're putting out in the designs that really you're showcasing. Um and selling. Um, so for me, you know, my approach as a, as a really a designer was not just launching like one, you know, vibe or one aesthetic. I wanted a, a you know, range of it. Um, so there's something for everyone and there's, there's something for every audience as well. You know, sizing was a huge, you know, um, thing that I wanted to really incorporate in my brand. It was a huge concept, huge, um, you know, priority for me, um, because a lot of lingerie companies, especially smaller lingerie companies, they don't cater to larger sizes. So I wanted to really make sure that everyone was able to, you know, find something that could, that they could enjoy and feel comfortable in. I think, um, your body is a celebration within a celebration, you know, our, our bodies should be celebrated and we should feel celebrated in our bodies. Um, you know, intimate apparel for me, it's not so much about the man or the man, the male gaze. It's about the female gaze and our gaze and what we want and how we view our body as an art form. Um, so I definitely wanted to make that very prominent as far as my message, um, not only as, you know, a fashion designer, but also as a creative woman. Yeah. Balance too, I feel like was great. Um, I really learned to communicate with production, uh, communicate with, you know, different people that I was working with at the time. I was the main designer on my team, so I was able to sketch out all the designs on my own and have full creative creative control. Yeah, which is amazing. Um, my art skills kind of worked into that as well, because, um, again, I was able to design all my authentic, real and original sketches um, all by myself without, you know, anyone or anyone to hire. So it all worked out for me. Yeah, it was it was a very cool process. The process was quick. But as you know, being a fashion designer yourself, you know, the process can either go really slow or really quick and there's no in between. So <laughs> I had to just kind of take it for what it was. But yeah, it was very, very cool. Very, very fun. Um, and then I also launched Gal Swim in 2023, um, which was a limited swimmer line um, pertaining also to the brand. So it was beautiful. It was very fun. Very fun with a sustainable approach. Oh my gosh. So there's so much to unpack there. So much like First of all, um, your principles, it's giving like Savage X Fenty by Rihanna. <laughs> um, just the level of like, so, like the diversity, the inclusivity. I mean, like you are just hitting all the marks there. <laughs> Thank you. Um, I really wanted to touch on that. That is a very difficult thing to do. Um, like you are really advocating for a lot of different things here sustainability diversity uh and inclusion yes. um, like and you're doing this in a way that is like very um still on trend and curated and um timely this is very very difficult to pull off for even big brands but for especially a small brand um you know that we tend to have limited resources and smaller budgets and smaller teams that is not an easy thing to um, accomplish. I really commend you um, on that and for the values that you established your company with. Um, you know, it's in this industry, it's really, really difficult when you are starting a brand because you have to make the choice 
right away when you're in production of what type of company your company is going to be. You know, yeah. are you going into fast fashion where things are produced quickly, rapidly with like high turnover? Are you going into haute couture where you maybe only make one piece every 18 months and right. craft it down to like the ultimately finest details or the finest fabrics, right? Are you falling somewhere in between like a ready to wear or a made to order or, you know, all these different business models and options are available. And so I don't think that um, people understand that, you know, that is one of the most critical decisions you have to make. And whatever decision you make kind of there's a there's so many pros and cons, like, especially when you think about um, like diversity and inclusion, and you think about the size ranges, and you think right. about um, like all these things. There's so many extra details you have to think about, um, and I think that I just again, I just really like applaud you and commend you that you were able to mesh so many of these things effectively in your brand because just one of these things is really hard to accomplish and pull off. Just being sustainable or being inclusive or, you know, offering a wide variety um, of sizing and like products as a small business, all of these things and within themselves are very difficult tasks. So that is definitely like a triple threat to be able to pull that off um, so effectively. Oh, thanks. I'm like, ah. and it, like, you, you don't even know how like much your words mean to me. I mean, hearing this right now from a fellow designer, it's just, it makes me so like happy and proud to be in this industry. Um, So thank you for that, by the way. I appreciate that yes. <laughs> a lot. I do. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. And, you know, I, I think, you know, in like, you know, this too, when people, when you see other people wearing your designs, it's like, it's like a feeling beyond a feeling, right? Oh, yes. Yeah. You, you know, I think um, it wasn't even just watching someone wear it. But I remember my marketing intern, um, he was going on, uh, like going to an event on my behalf. And I remember sending some clothes um, for them to wear, like from the brand for like them to go attend. And I remember getting videos back and there were literally people taking pictures of his pants, like, <laughs> and taking pictures of him and like ogling over the outfit. And like, for me, that was just such a proud moment because wow. it wasn't even to watch like him wear the clothes and pull them off like so beautifully the way that he did, but just, it was the way that people were admiring and appreciating the artistry and it was also just I bet that made him feel really good just getting yeah. that visibility because that's the core value of my brand was visibility and just seeing him get the visibility the psychology that went into just um, every little detail of those clothes it's like just seeing it really pay off and I think that is such a rewarding rewarding feeling um, my other intern she coordinated a photo shoot um, for the brand. And she told me that the models were just feeling so good. And she said that the models were feeling really beautiful in the clothes. And just hearing that feedback just made me feel so good. It just made me so happy. Um, you know, when the models get their pictures back, and they're like, oh my gosh, like, that's me. Like, I yes. love how I look, or I felt so beautiful. I just think moments like that are just confirmation that you know okay like <laughs> yeah. you're not crazy and all that hard work and effort and you know just not even just creativity and design but again like the psychology that I really put into my work it just really paid off that's really what we're doing definitely and we're going to dig into Doma Vis because your brand Doma Vis it is so <laughs> innovative it's inspiring it's edgy it's it's very uh, you know, so much going on all at once, but it's so cohesive. And so I feel like it's very definitive to your journey and also my journey too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, but just so many women's journeys. It's just so definitive and it's so honest and, and candid and, and open and raw. And it really screams bold, but it screams elegance. So, I mean, I have a, there's a lot to unpack here as well, but when did you really start becoming a fashion designer and what was really that moment in your life where you said to yourself well I want to be a fashion designer 
Yeah. You know, I really, sometimes I don't even see myself really as a fashion designer. And it's interesting because I do feel more of just like, you know, a creative director. And sometimes I just feel like I'm in, a little insane. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> it's really interesting because the moment that I did say I want to be a fashion designer, um, it was more, I think, I want to be in the fashion industry. But I didn't know what my place was going to be just yet. And even some days, like I said, now, I don't know if I completely even feel like um, a designer more than I feel like the director and the conceptualist and just the DNA, I think, almost, and like the brains of the brand. Um, So what kind of propelled me into the industry in general? So my background is in marketing. My degree is in public relations and journalism. And I've been in the marketing industry for six years. Um, I've worked for years as an advertising manager and marketing has just been like my bread and butter um, the last six years. Now, granted, when I started in the industry of marketing, I was working for startups and I absolutely loved it. Um, I worked alongside the CEOs um, directly of a few brands and I got to really learn so much from them. Those were some of my favorite roles that I worked in as well. Um, It was just something so inspiring um, about seeing someone get up every day and just put their all into something that they really believed in. Being somebody to be so passionate about something that, you know, they are just, this is their life, literally. And I loved, yeah, I loved working for like those CEOs because it was just a level of energy and passion and innovation in the work that I got to do. And I just knew that that's something I wanted for myself one day. I think the choice to be in the fashion industry was very natural for me. I think that I was actually just really propelled to be an entrepreneur and to be in this industry. And I think I like the role that I am in now where I do some of the designing, but I have designers that work under me and that I mentor on certain pieces. Um, I love overseeing the design, the concept. I love using my brand as basically a personal diary and testament to my feelings, my views on the world, um, and letting myself be really creative in that way. Um, And then that comes along with designing certain pieces um, that are just representative of that and sharing that with others, which is what you guys saw in that leather and lace collection. Yes. Yeah. I mean, I think too with you, you have a very different approach from I think most fashion designers because all of your creations they are so different and as you and I both know I mean that's not always seen in the fashion industry and I love that your pieces can be really you know artistically maneuvered in many ways not just one way but many ways was that also a really um, a goal of yours when you first started out was that really one of the main objectives so duality is literally an everything that um, I do. I mean, again, just going back to the brand, going back to the theme behind the collection of Leather and Lace was inspired by the duality of being a Gemini woman. Literally, it was about the two sides that I feel like I face within myself, my very bold, powerful, ambitious, um, more masculine leaning side like the leather and my more creative and sensual and um, feminine side, like the lace. I always wanted duality to be a core part of the DNA of the clothes, but I never really thought about how that would translate into the styling of it when I was originally designing, if I'm being honest. Um, Seeing you style my maxi skirt as a dress. I mean, like that, I literally would have never thought to do that. And so like what you did, that was super, super interesting and super like innovative for you to like take that level of duality, just like to another step and to like another level. I did think about, you know, things about the way that the clothes, um, you know, how, who would wear them. Right. And so like I have unisex pieces, technically I do consider 
everything I make to be unisex. I don't believe in just like really gendering clothes. Like I think anyone can wear anything, um, yeah, no matter too. what gender identity you you um, identify with. One hundred percent. But there were certain pieces that were made, you know, just with that like unisex factor in mind, like the joggers and the hoodies, uh, certain pieces that people just really, really love. Um, I think that the sustainability aspect for me, what I really was focused on was limiting waste. So there's so much overproduction um, in the industry and overconsumption. I mean, so many clothes are made per year. So many of them are like wasted, thrown away. I think I read an article that um, like Burberry burned like millions of dollars of just like things that they produced at the end of the year, you know, and like that is just so wasteful. Even in my experience with um, the limited edition lingerie um, collection I, I did when I was first starting out, I just hated having inventory on hand. Just some of it is still just sitting up in a box in my office right now. And, you know, it's just there and it's, it's so wasteful, you know, just, producing using all these materials and just um just even like the gas that it took to like fly the stuff over here the fabrics and you know from the FedEx driver bringing it to my house I think there's just so much waste and so for sustainability I was just more focused on making less make less more quality and so like right now um my runway pieces they're one of ones and they're made to order and as of right now um, people can choose to place an order with me uh, or they can buy the sample piece itself. Um, but I just committed to, I'm not going to make any more of these pieces, um, you know, until these pieces are sold or unless they're requested because I wanted to make sure that I just wasn't overproducing and just creating waste um, for no reason. So I think that was a lot of my thinking um, going into just different facets of the collection from sustainability to duality yeah i applaud you on all of the, um, all those factors that you just mentioned because it's it's the duality for me that really struck me with your company but also the sustainability factor as well because again these are things that not many people see or really crave even you know um i, I feel like with trends and stuff too it's it's hard to keep up with um but oh. you're like your own trend which i'm like <laughs> obsessed with <laughs> love it it's just so cool how you were able to really just do this as a woman and put these pieces out there and be proud of something and have people wear your art because ultimately fashion is art it always has been and so it's just so liberating for me as a woman and a designer myself to see another woman designing creating and also celebrating yeah you know I'm so happy that you um mentioned like fashion is art I have just been in a place lately where um, I have really, really, really been trying to um, avoid creative burnout. And I'm currently facing creative burnout, actually, right now in between uh, collections. And I think it's important to remember, like, you're not just creating clothes. Like, this, there's this pressure of things being seasonal about having to put out collections two, four, six times a year. Um, and I just remind myself, like, you're not creating clothes, you are creating art. You know, if you were in a different industry, if you were a painter, I don't know if people would expect you to be putting out like paintings just frequently. So like, why are you giving yourself this pressure just because it's clothes and you no feel time. like you have to react to seasonal trends or things like that. So um, I think that it's important that you mention how fashion is art because I've really been taking the time now to identify myself as an artist and focus on the fact that it's okay for things to be made slowly. You know, it's okay to want things to be consumed slowly um, because this is art that you're creating. Even though it happens to be clothes, it doesn't have to have this vicious turnaround cycle that I think the industry has forced us to believe, you know, for our consumer habits. Mm -hmm. I, I couldn't agree with you more. I, I don't think many people do view fashion as an equivalent to, let's just say, you know, paintings or studio pieces in an art gallery. You know, um, fashion, it, it has always been a fast industry, but I think it 
it really, it shouldn't be a fast industry because it's no art should ever be rushed. If that makes sense. Yeah. Um, it's an artistry within an artistry. It's an art form with an art form. Um, you know, when you are an artist, you're going to want to take your time no matter what. It could be anything, you know, you're going to want to invest your soul, your heart, your mind, your whole energy into that one piece. Um, and that's what makes art art, you know, it's, I do feel like that sometimes, you know, even within my own, um, experience as a fashion designer there has been times where I've felt very rushed to get this line together or these sketches together or these sketches finished you know um when in reality it's it does put a lot of unrealistic pressure on us um as creatives and as people you know we're we're people you know behind these designs we're people um you know we're do especially as independent designers, um, you know, a lot of us don't have a huge production team working for us or factory after factory producing, you know, all these pieces. Yeah. Um, a lot of us are just doing this on our own with a team that maybe consists of maybe five to 10 people, um, maybe even less. So yeah, time is definitely something that has been on my radar as far as this industry, for sure. Yeah. And you know, I'm not ignorant to the fact that there's a difference, I think, too, between fashion and clothes. You know, we do need clothes to serve our basic needs. You know, we need at least, what, seven pairs of underwear per week and, you know, T-shirts and our, our basic necessities, right? But then when I think of fashion itself, I think that is where true artistry comes in and that really separates you um, from clothes. I was even teaching my interns the other day about trend research and analysis, and I told them how you start planning for your next collection literally like a year in advance, right? Um, you start looking at trends and data and resources and fabrics, all these things are done so far ahead of time. And a lot of preparation. You know, it's, yeah. yeah, exactly. Again, it goes back to just being made slowly, even though things are consumed very quickly, you know, like turnover and things like that in this industry generally are. I think when you create things that are made slowly they're also consumed slowly and what i mean by that is just that um the longevity of the piece even if it's you know one piece that is purchased like you know a dress or something for an event and someone is wearing it but the picture it lives on for a long time when you create yeah. a piece of art and it's consumed slowly it's over years and years and years i'm sure you know your grandma and your great grandma there's still pictures of them in you know, like their wedding dresses. And that dress is talked about for years and years and years, decades across generations. So that piece of art that was created was is consumed slowly because also it was made slowly. It was crafted for, you know, this this person or this event. It was created with like all these feelings and, um, you know, different things in mind. And so Again, I think it's just what separates fashion from clothes. And I think that it's probably time that people kind of recognize that true fashion and high fashion are things that um, you can't really demand <laughs> yeah, um, be exactly. produced, you know, as quickly um, as a lot of people kind of expect them to be um, when you're, you know, thinking about how it needs to be made and what goes into it. So. I think that's just something for um, companies, corporations as well to consider is, you know, be kind to your artists because your artists need time off and they need time to rest and they need time to be and they need time to um, really like do the work that makes the art the art. You know, I think too with fashion, it is so multifaceted and it is so multidimensional um, that a lot of people don't understand that. A lot of people don't understand how multifaceted just this industry as a whole is I, I think people think that the fashion industry is very one-sided or it's very one-dimensional and there's not much substance and it's very shallow or it's very materialistic and there's not much going on and that is so far from the truth um you know if people actually were educated on you know how many hours and months and years designers put in to just put let's just say you know a collection out um, I, I think people would have a lot more respect for the fashion industry as a whole. 
Yeah. And you know what, as a designer, I think that's something that I feel a little bit more um, responsible for. Um, I am feeling more committed to making the story of my garments visible and making myself visible. Um, you know, I want people to understand everything that goes into what I create. I really want to share the story and the timeline of my garments. I think that not only does it, you know, earn me respect and expertise as a designer, but again, I think it's just educating people on what really goes into, um, you know, crafting some of these really beautiful things and beautiful pieces. I can say that's the one part of the internet that I actually have really been enjoying um, is watching different reels and TikToks of other creatives showing the process and the BTS of you know, like watch me like embroider this jacket or crochet this blanket or all these different things. I've really been appreciating that because I think it is really just showing um, people a lot and letting you feel a little bit more attached too to where some of your stuff comes from and understanding that um, there's people behind it, lots of people behind it, um, lots of thought behind it, you know, even though on Amazon things are ordered and show up at your doorstep, I don't think a lot of people think about the journey of that garment. So I think as a designer, I'm really going to enjoy continuing to tell my story from inspiration to crafting um, the, the different garments. But I think it's also just my responsibility to educate people on what that process is like with the hopes that they'll find more appreciation in it and more respect in it. Yeah. Very well said. I think it's to giving yourself a pat on the back, giving yourself the needed, you know, self applause, if you will. Um, I think too, you know, any, any artist is going to be down on themselves. You know, I think we're our worst critics. <laughs> we're our biggest bullies. <laughs> yeah. Um, and, you know, over time I've had to really balance that as well. I think, for me, I mean, I'm pretty sure you're the same way as me, but like, I'm such a perfectionist. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> and so like, if one thing's off, and you're like, nope, we started. Nope, got to start over. Nope, redo it. And sometimes there's not time. There's no time to redo it. There's no time to refinish it there, there, or finish or finish or redo or re restart. There's no, there's no time. Yeah. So like, from your own perspective and from your own experience, have you given yourself enough grace to say, okay, no, I can't restart this. I have to, I have to keep going. And if you have, like, how do you, again, give yourself, give yourself grace, but also number two, the second question is how do you recover from that when you can't go, go backwards? You only, you can only go forwards. Yeah. You know what? <laughs> I learned this lesson a little bit by force. And um, this goes back to, the experience with my New York Fashion Week show. So I remember literally crying. I mean, just, I was like ugly crying in tears um, because my leather and lace collection, we had 90 days to get it ready for the runway, ready for New York. And so honestly, that was definitely not enough time for the quality of the garments, the most difficult fabrics that I could have been using at the time, the um, complexity of my garments on top of it. I mean, like 90 days, it was, that was insane. Um, but I remember crying because I remember when I received the garments, it was actually, it was a morning that we were flying out to New York for the show. And I remember that we had a fitting that night with the models in my hotel room and things were just, everything was just going awry. Things didn't fit. Things weren't up to the quality, the standards that I wanted them to be. I remember receiving a couple garments that were unfinished that I never even got to show. I mean, I was just like boo-hoo crying. And at that moment, like I said, you, I could only move forward. I'm in the exactly. My show is tomorrow. Like, like I flew my team out here. Like we don't have time to cry. We have to just keep going and make it happen. And I remember that my design assistant, Desi, um, she flew in from Chicago and we bought a sewing machine from Michaels and she was just up all night just fixing the garments. And we were able to 
put on our show, our three shows at that um, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And so, you know, after the shows had ended, um, I was very sad. Like I had, you know, such a big win in your fashion, but coming home, I was very depressed and very defeated because, you know, the experience was not what I wanted it to be. I wanted this beautiful romantic experience of being a designer and a brand owner and a creative director. I wanted this fairy tale launch and debut, right? You know, I wanted everything to be perfect. Um, and I was just very depressed because, you know, I had all these plans for taking pre-orders and just all these big ideas that I just was not able to accomplish because of what had happened. Mm-hmm. And I, that moment, I had to give myself grace. I had to say, you know what, things did not turn out the way that you wanted them to. But look at all the wonderful things that came out of it. You know, I think afterwards I felt so resilient, right? I mean, everything that could have gone wrong went wrong on every single level. I mean, even my show was crashed by YouTubers and posted all over YouTube and TikTok, um, you know, on the third day of our biggest show. And so, like, I mean, everything went awry. And it was just like giving myself appreciation for the resilience, for pulling it off, for, you know, all of the compliments, all the feedback that I had gotten on the garments, um, you know, just those things, I had to really focus on the positive, even though that sounds really cliche and corny, but that is what allowed me to give myself grace in those moments and say, it's okay that things didn't turn out the way that you wanted them to, because they turned out the way that they were supposed post to turn out and just think of a little bit of that too it's just me um, having faith and just being spiritual and knowing that um, everything that is happening is you know ultimately serving my good and my higher purpose because now I don't think there's anything you can throw at me that I feel like I can't (laughs) handle after that experience I'm sure my models probably feel the same way too that were with me for those three days my signature girls because we we have some stories to tell, man. So (laughs) um, I think, again, like, I know your question was just how have I ever had to give myself grace? Absolutely. Um, I had to keep moving forward. And again, I think just what allowed me to do that was just being able to take from it, you know, the good and just the people that I got to meet and the feedback that I got on the clothes and the experiences that we got to have. And also just knowing that I was really supported by this amazing team that was there by my side in the trenches with me when things were going wrong. Um, I think that all of those things just allowed me to um, really push forward and push on and get out of the rut that I was in um, when everything was just going to shit, basically. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you have to take from it, learn from it, and then grow from it, and then also evolve from it. Um, I feel like that's exactly what you've done within, like, your own work and your own, really just, like, your own perseverance, but also resilience as well. Um, That's what, you know, creating is all about, but I also think creating is also just about trusting the process and learning that your biggest errors and, and trial and errors that's the key to your success. I mean, that's what's going to shape you. That's what's going to provide you the building blocks to grow. And it's really what's going to put your, really your mind um, where it needs to be. And I'm sure there's, there's many challenges, um, you know, that I face not only as like a model, but also as a designer. And that's normal. We have to embrace it. We have to embrace those challenges because again, these challenges are going to shape us to do better. In our craft. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, if I laid out the list for you of all the crap we went through in just those four or five days of fashion week, I think that's probably more than some people go through in an entire year <laughs> as, <laughs> as a fashion designer. And so um, I got a little crash course and I'm grateful that I got that little crash course because, again, it has taught me major, major resilience and it's given me so much confidence to know that if I can pull that off, I feel like, man, like 
there's not much that I can't do. So I'm very, very grateful. Yeah, I love that experience for you. And I love that you made the best out of a non-convenient situation. I love that you were able to really bounce back from that and just pick yourself back up because that's what it's all about. Yeah, I think that's the best advice, right? Um, that yeah. you could probably give someone who wants to be an inspiring entrepreneur, like in any industry, not just fashion. Definitely. But yeah, you have to learn how to just pick yourself up and just keep going. Yeah, I second that. I think it's so important as entrepreneurs to, uh, you know, I always say trust the process, trial and error, trust yourself, believe in yourself, believe in your craft, believe in your talents, believe in your passions. Um, But I also think that it's also wanting to embrace, let's just say, your shortcomings or your failures or your setbacks. I mean, you have to embrace the full circle because it's not perfect. Entrepreneurship in any industry is just, it's not perfect. It's never going to be perfect. It will never be perfect. It's just not perfect. It's, you know, it's an, it's like a roller coaster, you know, it's up and down. It's sometimes very mid, it's sometimes up in the clouds, and then sometimes it gets down to the ground and it's hard to really balance that as a whole. But when you can understand it and say, you know what, I'm going to embrace this balance. I might not necessarily understand it 24 (laughs) seven, but in learning to embrace it, that's what makes the experience beautiful, in my opinion. Absolutely. And I think that that just speaks to people who um, really want to be entrepreneurs and who, I guess, you know, have this dream of owning their own company or just um, owning anything of their own, like even if it's, you know, just a creative concept or set or something, um, is just understanding that everything ebbs and flows. Everything ebbs and flows. And you just have to be kind of down for the ride a little bit and (laughs) you really have to be committed to the end goal and your why like you have to remember why you're doing what you're doing because when those mid and those low points hit it's really easy to you know want to give up and things like that and remembering your why and why you're doing it and what you um, are putting into it it just makes it feel a little bit more worth it 100%. 100%. 100%. 100%. And you might not see the numbers. You might not see the dollar signs right away. You oh, might not see, not right you know, what I mean? like, <laughs> you know, like that might not happen right away or in a year, you know, but you have to learn to, again, trust the process and keep going. I think keep going as well is the best advice that I can also give because a lot of times we come, we, we become very frustrated with ourselves And we just want to give up. We want to give up. We want to let go. We don't want to do it anymore. We lose interest. It's stupid. It's dumb. We get all of, we got all in our head and we just, we just don't see, we don't see the vision. And it's unfortunate because why did we have that vision in the first place? You know, we have to trail back to that mentality. What made us want to pursue this? What made us want to go after this? You know, what made us, what made that fire be fire? you know, what made us light that fire? So I think, you know, trailing back to, you know, motivation, manifestation, and really coming into your own, you can't give up. Um, And you, you know, it's okay to get frustrated with yourself. That's normal. But just because you get frustrated with yourself does not mean that your whole entrepreneurial life or idea or passion needs to go out the window. That's not true at all. Yeah, it's um, one of those things where I told, I literally told myself, you can quit for the day. And so you can say, I quit, but it means I quit for today and I'm going to go back tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think Definitely. that um, that's that's been my mantra lately on my hard days is like, I quit until tomorrow. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. How I feel the same way. You know, take breaks too. I, I think, you know, just like we were talking about earlier, it's like, y- you're going to want to keep going, but you have to take breaks to get, you know, we cannot compete with technology. I've said this all the time. You know, I've said this on so many platforms. You cannot compete with technology. There's no way. We're humans. We are not compatible with a phone or a computer or any type of digital device. We are not. We are not on the same level, and we we never will be. We're humans. Um, so keeping that in mind as well. You know, I get really caught up with my emails a lot, and I have to literally tell myself, nope. 
I'm only going to do a few this today and a few this day and a few that day. Because if I were to do it all at once, I'd be staring, I would be staring at a computer screen for 14 hours. Yeah. And I've honestly, I've literally have had days like that where I've been on my laptop for like 12, 13 hour days and you're so drained and you're so burned out and your brain feels like scrambled eggs. Like at some point you're just kind of there on autopilot and you realize 100%. like this is not sustainable and you know you have to give yourself you have to give yourself grace in those moments definitely you know you need to stop looking at your emails when you can't see straight and you feel like you're dreaming but you're awake yes, <laughs> yes. if you know the feeling <laughs> oh absolutely <laughs> oh my gosh is there any other points that you want to really touch on before we wrap up you know um i think I'm just, you know, really content with where I am now um, in my journey, even though it's not perfect. And I'm really far from where I want to be. I think I've just found contentment in the process. I found contentment in learning and the connections that I've made um, and all the things that I'm doing. And lately, I've also just really been appreciating um some of the other things that I just feel like I've been really blessed to accomplish outside of what I do as just a designer. Um, I really get to meet amazing people. I get to have amazing conversations. I get to mentor people. I get to help people. And I really think that it's just been bringing me a lot of joy outside of just the clothes because the clothes get so frustrating. (laughs) And so I am really grateful for that. And I just feel really content. And that just goes um, into just my gratitude for you, Nikki, and just being a part of this with you. So thank you very much because you're a really big part of that contentment that I'm feeling right now with where I am in my journey. Well, thank you. I mean, I'm honored right now for you to even say that. I mean, I'm so honored that you are speaking of me in those in those in that nature i thank you so much um that is just such a compliment i think the biggest compliment that a human can receive is that they are affecting someone mentally in a good way and um i I love that i love that and so thank you so much for that same here i feel like you and i we've been working uh well, well we worked together earlier this month and also too i i was you know um you know, working and, and, you know, doing this and grinding and hustling. And you were always there for me. You were always supportive of me, um, which is why we're so close to this day. Um, you know, it, it's, it's important to shed light on relationships between entrepreneurs. And you and I are doing that right now. You know, entrepreneurs, um, a lot of times, you know, they don't give themselves that time to really communicate or connect on a genuine level with other entrepreneurs. And that is so important that we keep doing this. We keep shedding light on, you know, the entrepreneurial sisterhood, you know, and, and creating and forming and bonding um, relationships that are going to last a long time. Um, it's so important, you know, especially nowadays with technology moving so fast and, you know, everything is just kind of like a digital bubble, but it doesn't have to be, you know, our voices deserve to be heard. They deserve to be on a platform and, you know, these relationships, they deserve to be amplified on a public level. So people can look at this and say, wow, you know, I want to do, I want to start building connections. I want to start meeting more people, you know, it's so important. So thank you so much for being here too. I love you so much. I appreciate you so much. And I just can't wait for the the new episodes to come out. I'm so excited. (laughs) Yes, me too. I love you so much too. And just thank you, thank you, thank you for everything you've done so far.